0: Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 184 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 1st, as well as a couple other days um, of 2018. Some of the things that we talked about this week, I had my co-host Eric back. We talked about a bunch of different games that both of us have played over the past week. We then talked about a few of the things that we want to play. And then at the end of the episode, I have my buddy Courtney over. And after we got done streaming, Thunderstone Quest, we actually talked about our top five deck builders. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are in episode 194 of the podcast. Thank you for joining me. As always, Well, not as always, but as recently, I have a co-host back with me. Eric is back in the co-host chair this week, and I may actually have a couple of co-hosts because I may have a couple of segments this week if I get another um, segment of the show recorded this weekend, which I'll tease. We might be talking some Thunderstone quests later on, but Eric and I are going to sit here and talk about some of the games we recently played. Eric, how are you doing? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, you know, it's the same old stuff every week in, week out, play some games, go to work, go to sleep, play some games.
0: Time to make the donuts. Yep. All right. One of the things I want to mention before we actually jump into the one I'm playing now section of the show, I want to mention that I'm going to be at Cleveland Concoction, which I believe is going to be held out in Aurora this year. If you go out to their website, you can find all the information out about that. I believe that's March 9th through the 11th. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be hanging out in the board game section. I believe they're also going to have a section um, for like a spiel section so there's going to be a bunch of different designers there with prototypes of their games if you're interested in playing maybe some prototypes if you're interested in coming out and playing some board games and hanging with us check us out I should be there most of the weekend I don't know what hours I will be there yet but I may be doing some streaming I may be doing some interviewing going to be doing some different things out there so That will probably be on an upcoming podcast as well, if not even a video show that maybe we'll throw together and throw up to the YouTube page. But other than that, I think that's about the only updates we have from the office of the Whippin' place. So let's jump into what I'm playing now and talk about some of the games we played. I don't have a lot of games to talk about, Eric, so we're going to let you go first. (laughs) Oh, God. Why don't you start off with? A number one for us. Well, let's so,
1: let's see. I got a whole nice list of games I've recently played.
0: Well, yeah, you and Dave got together and had a huge, huge game day, it sounds like.
1: Yes, we, we decided to get together, just the two of us, and we decided we are only going to play games that we own and have never played, uh, either both of us or one of us has never played. So... That turned out to be a, a 14 game day, 11 of which were unique games. So nice. So I got some ones I could talk about uh, and some of them I probably won't go into too much detail because I believe you have covered them a lot in the past.
0: <laughs> OK, <laughs> Uh,
1: so I guess the first one that I was able to start off with was I was finally able to play Orleans
0: early on. yes 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 one of my favorites one of kim's favorites too
1: so yes i uh, i believe you've talked about this in the past way before i even came on the show
0: once, once or twice
1: once or twice okay. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so and that's not including expansions probably either
1: <laughs> no we just played the base game Then right i was glad to finally play this game because i do have have the game now and We did play Dave's copy, but I have the expansion and maybe I will uh, try to do some solo play on it sometime myself and see how that works out. But um, without going into too much detail, I did really enjoy it. I can see how it's really maybe not much of a two player game, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I didn't. Uh, enjoyed. I thought it was really good. I have a feeling it's going to be slightly different with more people, mainly because of the the map aspect. I felt that was a little bit too open with two players because there wasn't. Yeah. Me and Dave kind of just went on our own separate paths.
0: And I believe you. I believe you put out less tiles though, but it's still there there still isn't as much con, as much contention. I will give you that.
1: Yes, and I was I was going crazy uh, picking up a whole lot of the, what is it, the brocades?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, I, I went crazy on that one. I ended up destroying Dave by maybe like, <laughs> I think I won by like 15 to 20 points in that area. And I know he's played that game a few more times than I have.
0: So uh, you can suck it, Dave. So what next time what you might want to do is mm-hmm. you might want to play the second expansion Mm -hmm. And play with the board that um, when I talked about it, that Kim and I had played with, that's very take that. There's a lot of take that in there on the on one of those boards that you can play, um, which makes the game very, very different. Some people don't like it because it's there. It's a lot of take that you can really screw people, screw your neighbor over. And I can't think of what the name of the sideboard is off the top of my head right now. Is that the intrigue board? It's yes, it might be. It might be the intrigue board. Okay. correct
1: okay yeah. yeah i will i will look into that then since since i have it but uh you know if i got anyone around the family to play that one just the base game right now
0: it's that game is probably in i would probably say that's in my top 10 favorite games of all time i, I can ever see why ever, ever since i just played that game i've just it's just I loved it from the first time I played it. There's sometimes you just play something. And you're like, I really like this. Sometimes you play something. And you're like, yeah, that one just hit. I, it, you know, I can't say it's the theme. I can't say what it is. It was just something that just hit for me. And it it was just my style.
1: Well, it does have a lot of stuff that I do like in my in my Euro games. The bag building is fun. Yeah. It, it was weird. As soon as you do the action, everything goes back in the bag because you're not used to that. <laughs> so I'm like, oh crap! I'm gonna. I did draw things a few times where I'm like, I don't need that. I just put that back in there. Like, oh crap! But that I do like the deck builders and the bag builders. Um, so that's that was a plus. I do like moving around the maps. Like although, like I said, it it was pretty free with just two players. But uh, any game with like point-to-point movement across a map like uh, Marco Polo Mm. games like that I tend to enjoy and just the uh, planning stuff out like oh well you know I got such and such uh, characters pulled out right here and well I I know I want to do this action but I don't have enough so maybe I can just sit there and pre-plan them and everything and there there was a little bit of mind games going on between me and dave because i was trying to fake them out trying to get some of the citizen tiles on the uh what the special what's the other board that that is on there? That's
0: the board i couldn't think of earlier yeah it's, it's similar it's the it's not the intrigue board but it's something similar to that it's the name of that in the base set
1: the way yeah the one where you essentially trash your characters yeah and then go get coins or whatever so i was trying to like Fake Dave out a couple of times, hope, hoping that, you know, maybe I could sneak in a free citizen when he wasn't looking. But, you know, so that that was at least some somewhat of the mind games between us. So that was kind of fun.
0: It, it's definitely it's definitely a good game, I think, at all player count. I do. I do see what you're saying with the two players, but I've played it um, down at the store multiple times with four people plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just as enjoyable.
1: OK, yeah, it's, it was uh, I mean, it surprised me how actually simple it is to play
0: mm-hmm yeah it's 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 not difficult to learn but there's a lot of different strategy in there
1: yeah i could see that and it's only my first play so let's let's see how it goes i'd like to play it uh, again sometime soon so i can actually remember what the hell i'm doing but
0: <laughs> well it sounds like if if you beat dave that bad it sounds like you kind of caught on pretty quickly
1: yeah well that's why i said it i thought it was pretty simple and straightforward okay this you know here's this event tile is going to happen okay pull your stuff out plan the actions one action at a time next thing uh, and i was like okay well that that was pretty quick and as a two-player game it went by really fast
0: so yeah yeah Cool. So that's all I got I'm glad, on that one. I am glad you finally played that one because like I guess that's one of my favorites. So that's really cool that you finally had a chance to actually experience that one and get that one checked off your list. Yeah, it's you want to do one time. more, and then I'll jump over to something that I played.
1: Yeah, sure. Let's. Um, well, since I'm sticking with that, we're going to segue because this next game has the same artist, and I think this is one of the, I think this is one of the things I liked, where um, the artist Clemens Franz uh who's making a lot of euro game art uh you can see his art in a lot of games like agricola and orleans and grand austria hotel which is another favorite of ours there's a whole bunch of games i, t- I somewhat tend to like his art style because it's seems very classic a game called dashu okay and if is, you're wondering
0: how i was gonna say it's not how it's spelled
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. You would think it's spelled a different way, but it's D-A-X-U. Okay. It's a Chinese name, apparently, uh, which makes sense because it is a Chinese-themed game, even though it is not a Chinese-designed game. Uh, so okay. it's from so it's from the designer J. Alex Kevern, who did games like World's Fair 1893, mm-hmm. Sentient West... Um, some medium light Euro games, uh, but this one was a two player set collection game. Nice board in front of you with six areas for different color cards and they represent different goods. And at the beginning of the game, each player is going to get eight cards in front of them and put in their corresponding columns. And what's going to happen every round is three cards are going to get dealt face up. And once that happens, the players have a hand of four cards, which they will choose an action that they want to do. They select it and then reveal Um, the four actions are to give away the cards, meaning you want the other person to take the cards. Mm -hmm. You can take the cards yourself, which means you want them. You can cooperate with the other player, which means you will do whatever their card says. Um, But when you do that, you get a boost in your reputation. And the fourth option is to undermine them, which is basically do the opposite of what they choose. You will lose some reputation. And reputation is just... A track for endgame scoring, which depending on how high or low your reputation is, you are going to either gain or lose points. So you're going to go through and keep choosing these actions until this deck of cards runs out. It's 54 card decks, so not too many times. Okay. And, And at the end of the game, you're going to compare your majorities in each card color. And three majorities score the same, and the other three majorities score the same. So it's not too difficult. But the kicker about scoring is you want to be as close as possible to the other player's cards. So the first set of three goods that you have, if you have the majority but you're winning by one, you get four points or so. And if you're winning by two, maybe you get two points. And then if you're winning by three, you get one point. The other kicker is if you're destroying them by four or more goods of a certain card, then you're actually going to lose a point, And the other person is going to gain one point for every card of that color that they have. Okay. So you might end up screwing yourself, but it might also... had all of one color, and Dave had nothing. So instead of me giving him points, I just lost one. So that was kind of nice. And then the other three goods that you compare, it's a similar concept. It'll be a good take the majorities of one card, which I'm because I gain less points if you're winning in the majorities, depending on the same numbers, one, two, or three more than the other player. And uh, after you do... All the scoring for six cards, you are going to get a bonus or negative bonus of your reputation, which it depends on how high it is. It goes from zero to nine, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get zero to nine points. I believe the the most you'll either gain or lose is five. Okay. And once you do that, you will count up points and whoever has the most
0: wins cool and about how long does the game take
1: it's a really quick one i would say probably 10 to 15 minutes
0: oh so that's yeah that's a nice quick one then you can knock out a couple of those in a night
1: yeah and it's uh it wasn't an easy game because there was a lot of times where i'm looking at my cards and all of a sudden these three come out over here and i'm sitting there thinking in my head like okay well I want these cards, but I'm pretty sure Dave doesn't want them. So he's going he's gonna to try to undermine me or do something. So you're really trying to second-guess the other person. And it was really tough decisions because you're sitting there like, oh, I don't know what he's going to pick. And then most of the time I ended up screwing myself over. So that was kind of nice. <laughs> I, I ended up not getting destroyed in that game, but I think I lost that game 11-0. to Oh wow! So, yeah, wasn't the best game for me, but I highly enjoyed it, uh, especially for a quick ten to fifteen minute game. It was very nice and simple. We understood the concepts really quickly. I could probably teach the game in a minute, which I probably just did before over over this podcast. So,
0: yeah, it sounds like it is a pretty quick and easy teach there.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely a lighter game, not too light because there are some decisions you have to make that are a little antagonizing right which is pretty much the standard fare for this designer he has very simple clean games to to play but there's always a lot of tough decisions here and there and that's why i'm actually a big fan of his so
0: yeah i'd like to try that one out that's that sounds cool i think kim would like that one too
1: yeah, it's it's kind of a hard game to find in America. I actually found it when I was in Canada last year because the publisher is White Goblin Games, which I believe they're from the Netherlands.
0: I've heard of them oh. before though.
1: They they've done a few, but I I yeah, haven't they, been yeah, able to I've, see many.
0: They have done a few and I can't remember what though, but I I know I've heard that name before.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know how you can get their games in America, but um I got mine from Board Game Bliss in Canada. Yeah. I'm assuming they have a few more copies because it's not a game that people talk about a lot, but I highly enjoyed it. Cool. All
0: right. Well, we'll jump over to something that I played the other day down at the game store. Um, one of the guys pulled out a game that's a couple years old. Stefan Feld from Z-Man, of course. And that's Bruges. Boo. I, not, I had Boo. not played Bruges before. You want to play Bruges. That's why I'm booing you. It was actually, you know, I I like Stefan Feld games, even though a lot of them have dice. Um, Mm -hmm. And as we all know, the joke dice hate me. But I love the games like this in Lorenzo Il Magnifico, where you're rolling the dice at the beginning of a turn. The first player, you know, is rolling the dice and Mm -hmm. everybody has to figure out how to utilize those dice. But not but not manipulate them.
1: Yeah, so, everyone's on the same playing field.
0: Yeah, everyone's on the same playing field with the dice. And the dice all do, I don't want to say they do different things, but the different colors, you can kind of have them do different things. So on your turn, you're going to draw your hand back up to five cards. And the interesting thing is, I think there's like, um, looking on Boarding Week, it says there's like 165 cards that you're going to divide into um, actually different stacks is how Jim had me do it. And then we kind of put them into the tray and dealt some out. And then, then there's basically two different trays that you're kind of handing around to people. Mm -hmm. And you're going to draw from, you could draw from either deck. And the interesting thing is you can see the top of each card, um, which has the back of it, which will have a color on there. So you know what color that card is. You won't necessarily know what type of character you're getting. Because there's a lot of different characters in this game that all do different sorts of have different sorts of abilities and different sorts of actions that they can do. But you can essentially know the color you're going to get, because with that color, you can do different things and actions. There's going to be, I think, six different icons down the right hand side of a card that are some of the different actions, which is like the first one is take workers. So if I play um, a red card, I can take two red workers.
2: Mm
0: hmm. Um, if I want to take money, I can play a blue card. I look at what bl- the blue die is on the board. And when you roll the die, you're going to put them in from, you know, numerical order from, you know, like lowest to highest, you know, mm-hmm. descent descending order ascending, however you're looking at the board. And, <laughs> you know, like if the if the blue die is four, I play a blue card, I can take four coins. And money is um, something that's important. Just like when we were playing Heaven and Ale the other time, you were saying money's important. I think um, Chris, one of the guys that was playing with us, told us right at the beginning of the game, money's important in this, so don't ignore your money. So I, I didn't in this game. Uh, some of the other actions you can do is... You can mitigate mitigate a threat. Uh, There's going to be certain times where players are going to have to take these threat tokens, which are based on different colors. So if you play, if you have a couple, if I have like two purple threats and I play a purple card, I can remove a threat. If you ever get three threat, um, each different color has a different negative effect. I think that can happen to you. I don't have all that listing in front of me, but let's just say each one does something different to you. You know, you can lose money, lose people, something like that. So each different color, and there's six different colors, I think. So each of them can do something different to you. Uh, You can build a canal. Canal was kind of like the thing I concentrated on in the game. Mm -hmm. Each player um, has a canal track on kind of like their side of the board. It's a four-player game. So you you can start off in the middle building and you can build out to the right or left. And there's colors there that you have to match the card to play with. And then each space also has a monetary value associated with it. I had cards where I was actually able to build without having to play a card, but you had to pay double. So some of my early ones that were like one cost, I would play those cards for and basically just have to pay two to build without having to play a card. So I kind of jumped out ahead onto um, building canals really quick because I saw other people weren't. One of the other interesting things you can do with a card, you can build a house. So if I have a card, I can basically lay down a red card um, in front of me and just use it as a building. What you can then do at a later turn is you can then hire a character, which is on the other side of the card, to basically kind of like live in that house and they can have a special ability or action um, that could be a one-time deal if it has a little lightning bolt icon on there. Or if it has um, like a meeple color on there, you would have to put a meeple on there, one of your little workers, to actually take that action. So that can be done multiple times, but only once in a turn. At the end of the turn, that worker would go away, and then the beginning of the next turn, you can, on your turn, you can replace that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the other things with um, the, canal, the, the canals and a couple of the other things you can do in the game... There are each player starts out with three tokens that are flipped face side, you know, um, that are flipped kind of like upside down. And they all are whoever has a majority of a certain thing in the game. So one of them was whoever has the most whoever has the majority of canals for a turn can flip this over and gets four points at the end of the turn. Now that can change and fluctuate each round. So I may get it one turn, but then somebody else may get it the next turn. And if they have the majority, they get to flip theirs over. So you kind of have 12 points or yeah, 12 points in front of you because each there's three and each one's worth four that you can try to get just from doing majority of things. So the three, two of the majority things are the canals. And then there's also a um, worker that you have that's on a staircase that has like an exponential scoring to it. At the beginning of the round, you can spend coins based on. I don't know if it's the lowest die or if it's a particular number. It may the be the ones and twos. Is it the ones and twos? How do you know this? Yeah. If you haven't even played the damn game. Cause I have the game and I've read oh, the okay. rules and I, I could I didn't know if it was the lowest die or if it was the ones and twos. Cause I remember fours let you um, do bring out the ships or something like that. Do like the, the little boat actions. It brings out the ships I think is the fours. I think I can't remember, but you're right. Ones and twos. So you can basically pay, um, money to move your characters up these stairs, which have exponential scoring to them, and whoever is in the lead at the end of a turn—if that's considered majority—they can flip that token over. And there was one more token, and I can't remember what the third one's what the third one was. Um, but it's—it's it's a really, really fun game. I mean, if you have it, bring it and let's play it because I really enjoyed it. I mean, I thought Bruges was was really cool. There's a lot of different strategies. There's a lot of different things you can do. Um, like I said, I concentrated on the canals and literally maxed my canals out. Mm-hmm. I built my canals out both ways, full bore, and that was the first thing I got done. I was also trying to keep up with um, the people on the stairs. Um, but the one guy had gotten um, a card in play where he got to move his player up ahead of one. And then I think one turn I might not have had money or somebody pushed us back one. So um, I had lost a couple points there. And I think that probably would have won or tied me the game had I not been brought bumped back. Cause I think I was tied for second when we played. Um, and I think I was only a few points behind Jim sword um, who actually won the game, but it hmm. was, it was really cool. I really liked it. Um, I like all the different choices that you have in the game. I like a lot of the different strategies uh, at first. Oh, that other third token was whoever has the most um, characters brought into play. So if you have four characters on one character on, you know, four different, you know, on on buildings, um, that was the other. That was one of those other four point tokens. So that was the canals, the majority in the stairs and um, the majority of people that you have in play. And I was ignoring people for a while because the one other guy, Joe, that was sitting next to me. <laughs> so there was there was a fifty percent chance that a Joe at this ta- Joe that a Joe at the table was going to win, and it's funny because the two Joes tied. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But he had started working on the the people right away and bringing people into his buildings. So he kind of jumped ahead with that, and I wasn't able to keep up. So that's why I just concentrated all my money on the canals, because the canals also got you points as you went through um, and and finished them and and got you some additional points and stuff for doing them. So I did that. He was going that route. Jim kind of just took um, – I don't know if he was concentrating on any any one thing. He was doing a little bit of everything. So maybe that was the reason why he won by just a couple points. But the game ended up being – Fairly close. There was nobody that was a distinct far runaway winner, which I really like about the, the, you know, Stefan Feld games as well. When you don't have, you know, like a kingmaker or something, you know, somebody who just is double everyone's score. So Bruges, okay. definitely. We got to play it since you haven't played it and you have it.
1: Yeah, I think you guys actually played with the expansion.
0: I believe we did. Yes. Yes.
1: Which is ever so hard to find.
0: Oh, really? But
1: Yeah, I have it, though, but...
0: Of course you do. Yeah,
1: well, when I was on my Stefan Feld kick uh, during late 2017, I was trying to get as many of his games as I could, and Bruges, the uh, out-of-print one, I managed to get. The base game was fairly easy to get. Uh, I got both the base game and the expansion from the same person, uh, I had to get it from Canada, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I managed to get it at a decent price for me. The base game, I paid pretty much the retail price. And then That's cool. he threw in the expansion, which was a little bit more. So yeah, that was... so I figured, why not just get everything uh, at the time I had the money? So figured, why not?
0: It's good. I Yeah, it's one I don't have in my collection. And it's one I would definitely add to my collection.
1: If it ever comes back into print, hopefully.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to pay an arm and a leg for for it. It's a good game. I would like to have it in my collection. But yeah, I'm definitely not going to be dumping boohoo bucks into it. I'll wait, I'll wait for a reprint or see if I can maybe pick it up at an auction fairly inexpensively or something.
1: Yeah, you have too many Kickstarters right now to to put other money down.
0: uh, What do you mean (laughs) me? You do too, brother.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) we'll we'll talk about that later. Probably. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. Do you have another game you want to talk about?
1: Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, since you're on the Stefan Feld train right there, I'm not going to go too in depth because this one, I didn't grasp any of the strategy. Really? It was really just a learning game. So I'm not even going to attempt to, explain it because it will be completely wrong but we did manage to play trajan
0: i have not played this one yet and that's what it I was play.
1: it was an interesting one i would definitely say it is the heaviest felt game i have played so far
0: see that sounds and, that sounds right up my alley
1: that's yeah, right. this I, one,
0: i've had it on a wish list for a while i you know i think it's a
1: good game i'm not sure if i would pick it up because I think it's not as accessible as some of his other games. Mm -hmm. And I believe the fact is due to the Mancala mechanism for your action selection. There's a lot of forward thinking in that game compared to like Castles of Burgundy or Bruges, like you just said, or Bora Bora, where you do have the dice, giving you a little bit of randomness every turn. So you're really working with the choices you have each round. Whereas Trajan, you're really just kind of going through and you have to plan everything out yourself. It's very much a time-based game uh, where you have six spaces on your Mancala, and however many pieces you have on a certain square, you have to move that many spaces, dropping one off, and then you get to do the action that you land on.
0: Hmm. So, I, I, so far, I like it. So far, this sounds up my alley.
1: And then the other the stuff you do, there's six actions you can do, and it's really classic Feld where you just do a little bit of things here and there. Some of it's adding pieces to your board. Some of it's moving guys around the board. It's an interesting game. Um, you, I liked how you can control the time of the game okay. because however many spaces you move, you move a timer track around. And after a certain amount of time, based on however many players you have, it kicks off another round or part of the season. So that was a nice thing where you could actually control the the flow of the game and when it's going to end and when certain things happen. I wasn't doing that so well because I was just making that thing move as fast as I could. Because <laughs> I'm like, I ain't going to win this game. I'm just going to see what, how everything works, which is pretty much the first game for everything. You just see how everything works and then you, right. uh, you figure out what you're going to do next time.
0: Cool. I definitely want, i like, next time you guys play that, I want to play that one. Cause I've been wanting to play that one a while, for a while. I've had that on my wish list and I've had my eye on that one.
1: Yeah. I thought it was really good. I, uh, I see why people like it. Like I said, it's not as accessible, but I think to guys who are medium or heavy Euro gamers you might get a little bit of a headache the first time, but I don't think it was that hard to understand.
0: Cool. Now that, that makes me want to play that one even more now.
1: Well, that's what I'm here for. Just making you spend more money.
0: Gee, thanks. Well, <laughs> the next thing I could talk about is a game that, um, Kim and I have been, Kim and I just actually played earlier. Mm-hmm. You haven't played it yet. And I did not realize you played it, so I'm not going to go into it too, too much, but I at least want to mention we played Dragoon. Okay. Um, Dragoon's a small game from Lay Waste Games. Now, I've talked about this original, uh, I think I talked about this on the podcast, so I'm not going to go into too, too much over it. Um, Essentially, even when Kim, after she started playing it and um, when I was explaining the game to her, she was just like, okay, this is literally a copy of Horde, the video game, which we have on our PlayStation 3. Mm -hmm. And if you have never played this game, you're flying around a dragon. It's a dual joystick controls. One joystick's controlling the dragon flight. The other one is controlling like him breathing fire. And you're starting off basically flying him around, trying to burn down settlements that are coming up, and you're collecting gold to take back to your hoard, to where you're collecting money, and then flying back out and just rinsing and repeating. As you get up to certain incremental dollar amounts, you can mm-hmm. do certain upgrades on your dragon to make him um, do more damage with his fire, fly faster, give him more shield, have more capacity, um, stuff like that. But the whole dragon, the movement and the fighting thing, you can even fight each other. And the person who loses drops their gold that they're carrying and then is instantly sent back to their horde to they their heal up and then they can fly back out. Hmm. There are also a thief. There's also a thief that runs around and as you enter the game he will come into your lair and will start stealing your money and if you don't get back there in time you lose a multiplier that you get The longer you stay alive and don't die the longer the thief doesn't steal from your lair um, you have a multiplier that increases and then the more money you're collecting goes through that multiplier so you can get a, you can get up to a three times multiplier for mm-hmm. your score. So, but the minute you die, or the minute the thief steals from you, that multiplier goes back to one. Mm. So, the thief and everything just about that horde video game. When I mentioned, when I mentioned to Kim, and then here's what the thief does. Kim's like, "There's a thief in this game." She goes, "This is almost just like Horde." So, in you <laughs> are you're, you're pl- if you're playing a two player game, you're starting off diagonally on either end of the map. You have a population phase where you're rolling a couple of dice. There is um, like an X, Y axis where you're, you know, the red die is um, on your X axis. you I think it is or I don't know. The red is vertical and the black is horizontal. OK. And um, whatever, whatever you're rolling, like if you roll a two red and a six black, you find that spot on the grid and you put down um, a village tile. If you roll that number again, that village flips over to a city. Villages score you less points if you have if you control it. Cities score you more points if you control it. So, during the population phase, you're going to roll. Um, since we were playing two players, it's two plus one. Um, we were roll, we were bringing out three tiles each round. Mm-hmm. If you roll the the spot that your layer is on in Dragoon. It will move the thief up three spaces. The minute the thief actually has gold, you will roll two dice to see where his treasure chest lands on the board, and you can then go loot his treasure chest. Okay. Um, The next thing that you can do is each person draws a card at the beginning of their turn. Each player can do three actions. You can move, you can... um, move on to one of the spaces and claim it for yourself by putting one of your metal um, kingdoms on there you can if somebody has, if some, if some space is already claimed, like if Kim had a space claimed I can move on there and I can just claim it, which would basically remove hers and put mine on there, it's still one action you can actually attack each other, if we move into the same space without doing an action you instantly do combat, each of you rolls a six sided die, there could be cards that could um, manipulate the damage you do in combat winner mm-hmm. basically gets three gold from the loser and the loser gets sent back to the to their lair to their lair. Um you can also just destroy um one of the tiles as you're as you move on to it you can just destroy it remove it from the board. If it is a village you get two points. If it's a city you get four points. So you know basically what you're trying to do is it's the first player to get to fifty. And okay. It's it's a very, very light, simple game. I mean, Kim even said, you know, she goes, this is light, just like Century Spice Road. Very easy to pick up on. Knock a game out with two players in probably less than a half hour. I mean, Kim and I were doing the game in literally about a half hour and 30 minutes, you know, by the time we got to our third game. It's pretty um, good. You know, we were just boom, 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 just going back and forth. It moves very quickly. The scores can fluctuate significantly um, at... So you, the the three different phases of the game is that population phase where you're bringing the tiles out, your action phase, and then you have a tribute phase. During the tribute phase, each player is rolling a six-sided die. And there's a chart that basically tells you, depending on your die roll, how much gold you're going to get and how many points you're going to get that turn um, mm-hmm. based on the areas that you control. If you roll a one, you lose one of your... Kingdom ships, whatever kingdoms you know. Basically, one of your pieces will come back to you. The tile stays on the board, but if you have, you know, one of your pieces on there that says you control it, you have to take one back. And then for two, if you roll a two, it's no gold. Three, four, five. Um, a village is one. A city is three. And then if you roll a six, a village is two and a city is four. I think that's how the scoring goes. Don't quote me on that, um, but okay. I think that's about. I think that's about the gist of scoring. Um, so, you know, I, I, the very last game we played, which was our third game, um, I won the first game, she had won the second, I was ahead in points. She had played a card right at the end, which got her a few points ahead. And as long as I did not roll a one, I could have won the game. I rolled a one. Which basically let me lose one of my kingdoms, score zero points that final round. She broke 50. So it was like 53 to 47, I think is what it was.
1: Yeah, dice hate you.
0: <laughs> but the funny thing was, throughout the whole game, she was rolling and a lot of the population tiles were ending up closer to my lair and my side of the board where I was starting off at. So I like had one whole strip where I was just controlling the board, and then she came through and took a couple out. And I had even gone through and played a card that let me destroy three of her tiles to where they literally just removed the tiles from the game. So she lost control of those. And she was like, I'm not going to win. I don't have anything. And then she took a couple back. She played a couple of cards, swung it right back around by rolling like a six to get the max scoring for these things in one (laughs) game. I mean, it was literally down to that final die roll. You know, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, how the hell did you win that? So it's a nice light game, really fun. Um, and we, we have to play it since you never played it. And I can't believe you sold it to me without even playing it. That kills me. I, I thank well, you for it. I want to get the damn expansion now. Now I got to figure out how to get the expansion. Well, you know, sometimes
1: you just got to get rid of games that you're not playing. And unfortunately, that is one of them that kind of fell down the list just as new things came out and trying to play other ones that I already had unplayed before. So, but the good news is you have my copy so I can still play it.
0: You can still play it and, and we enjoy it. So we both thank you.
1: Exactly. I, so I, we, we both I, went out in the end.
0: And I, and I thank you for even leaving the card sleeved. When I opened that up and saw that I was like, okay, he did not have to do that. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that. So <laughs> you did. <laughs> I may, I may have to buy you a little something now for that.
1: <laughs> sure, they're they're the fantasy flight ones too, I believe. So. I yes, they are. Yeah, you should appreciate that's,
0: that. That's why I said I go. I looked at Kim, I go. I'm gonna have to give him a little something for this. I think. <laughs> she goes. These are nice sleeves. I'm like, yeah, those are the sleeves I use. I know what I know what Eric uses. He uses the same sleeves I use. So, but yeah, now well, we see there you go. Now we got to get the expansion, um, so that's going to be the other thing I start looking for now, because uh, I believe they had a Kickstarter for it, and I don't know if I can just order it from their website or what. So, well, hopefully, yeah. But if you the game enjoy it. Get some more game, stuff. The game also looks gorgeous, especially with the metal pieces. The metal dragons and everything just look awesome. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's 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 just a very very sharp game. So, mm-hmm. all right. So I think that's enough of talking about what we've played. Is there a couple of things that you want to talk about that you want to play. I know I have a couple of things on the list. Hopefully you have something that you can come up with. I can start talking because the look on your face is like (laughs) you're thinking. So I like, do I,
1: do I want to talk about these Kickstarters that I'm backing or?
0: Well, one of the (laughs) things, one of the things I had on my list, you were interested in as well. So Mm -hmm. let me mention eight bit box at first, and then we'll jump to the second one. Okay. So I was reading through a bunch of the board game geek news An eight bit eight bit box, which is coming out from my LO, which hopefully I think it's coming out in this year. Looks like it's going to have three different games that almost have like an eight bit style video game look to them. One of the components in the game actually looked like a small controller with dials on it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be used for scoring or what it is, but they're supposed to be like three different games. Um, when I was reading about it in the board game geek news. It sounded kind of cool. There really isn't a ton of information out on Board Game Geek about it. Uh, I'm not too sure why there isn't more information out here about it, but uh, it just kind of looked cool. So I wanted to mention that one. And then the other one I had on my list was one that you said you're interested in as well. So we're probably both going to end up with this game. And that is The Rise of Queensdale. And yes. This one. Is, this one is being published by Ravensburger or Alea. Um, the artist is Michael Menzel, and it's designed by Inca and Marcus Brand.
1: hmm
0: And just from reading some of the description that I saw out on the Board Game Geek news page when um, I believe it was Eric Martin posted this stuff, um, one, it sounded cool because I believe it's going to be a Legacy style game. And to it, the components and everything just looked... The look of the whole game just looked really cool.
1: Yeah, it's something I, I know I've seen a video on um, within the past few weeks or so. It looks interesting. Personally, I'm interested in it because the Alea, Ravensburger games, uh, whenever I tend to play them, they always seem to be really enjoyable. And okay. while while they may scratch the medium euro gamer itch i think they're ex- as just as accessible for newer players like for instance castles of burgundy is yep. in that line and yep. you know that that's a that's a good medium game but i've shown my family how to play that and they've picked it up pretty quickly N- maybe not the uh the strategy at first but they know how to play it and they've they've beat me so it's got to be somewhat easy, you know. It can't be hard if I'm losing.
0: Yeah, and this one, this one, like I said, this one, the look of it. Um, I didn't watch the video. I see that there is a video out there on Board Game Geek. I had not watched it yet. I was just reading, like I said, what they had put there, and just looking at some of the the pictures that had been posted. Um, it looks like it's uh, t- will take up a lot of table space,
1: uh-huh.
0: which sounds awesome. Uh, and it just looked like it. It's going to just be right up our alley as far as what kim and i enjoy
1: let, let's let be honest you you want the plunger
0: you know it's it's a purple plunger you can't go wrong with that
1: exactly see
0: so hopefully it's purple and not pink hopefully the screen on my um computer here is displaying that correctly because it looked purple in this one picture it does not look pink it looks more purple to me so but I, it just looks cool so i'm really lo- i'm really looking forward to this one and finding out um some more information about it
1: yeah the only bad thing is you can't really talk about it too much on the podcast because you don't want to spoil anything for anybody when you're gonna play it so uh,
0: yeah exactly but i talked i was able to talk about charterstone at a very high level um and what i thought about it you know I mean, so I could do, I could do that with this one. I can I can talk about something without spoiling it and let people know how it how it's kind of played. OK, so mm-hmm. it just you just kind of really have to watch what you say. Because even even with Gloomhaven, I was trying to when, you know, when I've talked about playing the Gloomhaven and all the games I played, I've tried to not go into too, too much detail, you know, because I don't want to spoil certain things, you know, that people may may run into in that game. So Mhm. Is there anything in particular that you are looking forward to playing that is on your list of what you want to play now? Well,
1: we do have I do have a couple Kickstarters. Me the pretty anti Kickstarter person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh first, I am backing Edge of Darkness, which I believe you are as well.
0: Yep. That is correct.
1: So that was uh, basically I've, re-
0: I've already played that one, so
1: Yeah, I haven't played that one, but that's based on a few podcasts ago when my wife said that Mystic Veil was one of her favorite games. And I said, "Okay, card crafting game, let's get it. So that was an easy one to to grab. And then the other one that that I am.
0: That that was a that was a day one back for me. That was instantly day one. Yeah.
1: The other one that I'm backing, which I'm probably gonna kick myself as soon as the no, payment you're not. gets no, you're not. gets in there, but I know when as soon as it comes, I'm gonna be like, yes, this is amazing, but yeah, I'm biting the bullets, and I am backing Batman Gotham City Chronicles.
0: And Dave and I thank you immensely.
1: Yeah, well, you you already have a large Kickstarter under your belt, so I got mine under the belt. It's Dave's turn. It's someone else's turn that we know to
0: well, Dave, to Dave's, buy something huge. Dave's going to say he just bought um, Rising Sun. So he's going to say that's his big one. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't think so, because, I mean, I just bought Thunderstone as well. And that was a big one. So he bought that retail as far as I'm concerned. He didn't kickstart it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> count. It doesn't count. And so the, the bad thing is, I don't know how much I'm actually going to play this game, but I am going all in for it.
0: I so, like we were like we were talking the other night. I think that's probably the best thing to do, because if you don't like it, I think an all-in purchase will probably have a much higher resale value than just the base.
1: Hmm. And so. and just based on all these stretch goals that I keep seeing and all these updates and what's actually coming in just the base game, it's like wow, man. Like the, if if you're a Batman fan, like you're really gonna get a nostalgia trip and a lot of bang for your buck it seems like because they're they're just adding like every character you can think of and there's so many different ones they're they're really pulling the deep cuts out of there for some of these you're like man i would have never heard of some of these people if i hadn't played the arkham games
0: yeah and i'm i'm gonna have to look at the kickstarter a little bit more i know i had showed the one early video that was up on YouTube to Kim a little while ago before the Kickstarter had even started. Mm-hmm. And it looked interesting, but like you said, um my big Kickstarter for the past several months was Seventh Continent. So I don't think I can get away and pull off another large Kickstarter without basically having to get rid of my new toy car, which is not happening. (laughs) So short of me giving that up, um, she'll probably put the kibosh on doing another large Kickstarter.
1: (laughs) Yeah. at At least the nice thing is, is I am a very anti DC person. I never really liked any of their stuff superhero wise, except for Batman. So
0: you know i'm kind of right there with you i've really preferred more marvel characters mm-hmm. but there has always been something about batman that he's one of my tops
1: it it's just the whole group of characters both bad guys and good guys yeah. there's there's so many it's like oh i can sit there and name a whole bunch of marvel characters i like you know pretty much i can probably run through a bunch of x men and you know the good mm-hmm. guys and bad guys, and Batman's just as deep, if not more so, right. in my head. So it's like okay, there's that, and I think we all—at least I—grew up on watching the animated series. So
0: even though I am older than you, I watched it as well.
1: Uh huh. I think it's on Netflix, man. I'm gonna have to go back and watch them now.
0: So yeah, I've I've always watched a lot of the Batman cartoons.
1: Because he's such a timeless character. I think everyone yeah. can identify with him. So,
0: Now, do you watch Gotham?
1: I don't, actually. Kim I don't know and, why.
0: Kim and I watched the first season and part of the second and then stopped. And we've been talking about getting back into it mm-hmm. um, because it was very good. It was very, very good. And I don't know why we stopped watching it. Yeah, um, I've, I think I've thought things, about I doing it because. I think we had just missed a couple. And then we just never picked it back up. But now that they're on Netflix, we're like, we just need to binge the hell out of this.
1: Yep. Like I said, I th- I thought about doing it. Um, my wife and my dad both watch it. And
0: my you dad don't. Yeah. How does that happen?
1: I don't know. I just never seem to sit down and <laughs> and watch it. I I don't. I don't know.
0: I mean, how does your wife watch it and your dad? And you not? I
1: don't know. I'm yeah, probably going okay. to have to sit down and do That's it. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, now you got to binge the hell out of it, with, like like we do.
1: It's it's great actually because what is it? I actually own a book that I read a while back. It was a it was a study on the psychology of Batman and certain characters in his series, and it was a really interesting thing. Hmm. Like it was it was literally psych was this? psychologically analyzing. You know, Batman and the Joker and like what kind of um, disorders they have and why they may do this and such and such. It was it was such an interesting read looking at that in such a scientific way instead of yeah, that would be. (laughs) It was a great thing. And I should pull that one back out and see if, if I could read up on that again. And I think that's what makes the character so great.
0: Oh, definitely. And actually, I'm sitting here and I don't know where this came from.
1: I see a Batman Pez dispenser. But I
0: have a little Batman Pez dispenser here on my computer desk. I have no idea where it came from. I think it was (laughs) up on the top of my desk and it must have fallen. And I don't, I don't know who gave it to me or where it came from. It's just been here forever.
1: (laughs) Now, now, see, if if I'm looking at the screen, I'm thankful that you didn't like put put it up to the microphone and be like, "I'm Batman."
0: Batman. (laughs) I'm Batman. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we're. It wasn't deep enough. I'm Batman. I I, I can get my voice deep. Let's not even go there. All right. I think we're going to call this
1: episode. I was born with it. All
0: right. I think we're going to call this segment for the podcast over. Um, I'm probably going to be switching over to another segment with another co-host where we're talking about, hopefully, some Thunderstone quest. So let's jump over to that segment now. Hey, everybody, this is Joe, and for the next half of the show, I'm going to sit here with my buddy Courtney, and we are going to go over our top five deck builders, and we're going to do this mainly because uh, this past weekend, we just did a stream for Thunderstone Quest. So, Courtney, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. All right. No problem. Let's jump into our top five. Do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off?
2: Sure. Which order do you want to do this in? Top to bottom or bottom to top? Let's go... Five to one. Five to one. Yep. So bottom and top. So my fifth game would be Pathfinder, the adventure card game.
0: I almost put that. That would, that would probably... Be, oh, man. Now I almost want to change my list around because I forgot about that. I had thought about it earlier today and forgot to put that down. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No,
2: it's great. <laughs> that's great. That's uh, great. It's a game done by Paizo as the publisher. Yes. And it's a couple of years old now. But I really like that one in the fact that you have this campaign that you're going through and your deck grows with you mm-hmm. so not it's more popular now but it was kind of the first one to do that um, plays with multiple players really well you can swap guys in and out as you're going so you don't necessarily have to have the same team which for campaign games sometimes it's a little harder to get the same amount of guys to come in and uh, it has that the only downside is, is it can drag a little bit and it has that escape mechanism where you don't do anything because your character is going to die and you just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until Either the whole party is toast or you, uh, the rest of the party does it. So you're almost player eliminated, but you're not. So uh, if it were me, if I'm playing one-off or two or three kind of stories in a row, I think I would go with this new Thunderstone quest, which I think might break into my top five with a couple more plays. Mm-hmm. But Pathfinder is still a game that I think everybody needs to play a couple of times. Um, I would definitely say it's a play before you buy because if you don't have that group that's going to play it continuously from start to finish, it feels un-
0: in- incomplete. And I don't know if you know this, but down at the local games where we normally play, I used to run the Pathfinder Adventure Card game for about three years. No, no, I think I mentioned <laughs> it once and, and I missed that
2: and I'm kind of sad because I have the first set and haven't actually gotten past uh, the mountains
0: yeah, so, uh, so I've actually never played through any of the scenarios in the base boxes. I've always done the society play. So Paizo, if you have a store, you can actually purchase these. They're, they have an um, organized play, and they have a whole scenario that will fit along with each of the different boxes. Um, and I actually took my um, group through the first three um, boxes. And I'm, when I'm talking boxes, I'm talking right of the Rune Lords. Um Skull and Shackles, and then um Wrath or uh, Wrath of the Righteous. Yeah. So we have the Rise of the Rune. Right? We've played through all three of those, all the Pathfinder Society quests, um, adventures for those scenarios. We played through on, from those from beginning to end. Um I have multiple decks over in the other room here. I, I don't even have those boxes in here. I actually have those on a shelf in the other room. Um but yeah, and one of the games that I wanted to get into that I have not had a chance with that's real close to us over here is Apocrypha. Apocrypha is the other um, game that was put out um, from Lone Shark Games. Yes, Mike Selinker, Um that's his company, and um, I kickstarted that. And I've looked at that, and I have yet to even play that one.
2: Oh, we'll have to break that out. So, we—if uh, you
0: like Pathfinder, if you like Pathfinder, yes. we may have to break that out. That may be uh, a, a good I, I will us. be in
2: for that. That is for sure. <laughs> I uh, I looked at that Kickstarter, but at the time, just. Too many Kickstarters,
0: not enough yes, funds. Yes, yes. As, as per life. And that happens. So my number five, I'm going to throw it out there to Tyrant of the Underdark. Um, this is based off of Dungeons & Dragons. This is um, one that is not only a deck builder, but also has a board to it for area control. Um, my wife and I have played this multiple times, and we really enjoy this one. Um, some of the interesting things about it is they have different decks of monsters, and I've actually picked up... The expansion, Aberrations and Undead, and as you can tell, I have not opened this one yet. (laughs) So we haven't played with this one. But out of the base set, there are multiple different decks of monsters you can put together. And each deck kind of gives the game a different feel because you're fighting them differently. And I think the area control aspect to the board is something that's really interesting and kind of cool. Because I like deck builders that have a board to them. I mean, besides just cards, like a Dominion-style game. Oh, really? Really? You're gonna you're gonna rag on Dominion? I'm I'm not gonna rag on Dominion at all. I've played it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's it. You got to go for your four next. All right, my number four is going to be Clank. Clank is a favorite of my wife and mine. Um, this is a dun- another deck builder that has a board. In this game, you are playing a thief. What you're trying to do is you're trying to work your way down into the dungeon. You're trying to steal as many treasures as you can from the dragon. You are trying to get above ground before the dragon just keeps you and kind of destroys you and kills you while you're underground. Um, The first player that actually escapes from the dungeon, gets above ground, and then gets out of the dungeon actually can start triggering the end of game. I think there's like four or five more rounds where everybody can try to get themselves, themselves above ground. If you can get out of the dungeon completely, you do get some additional victory points. Um, and then it just turns into a victory point game where you're just trying to look to see what type of cards you've purchased through the game for victory points, as well as the, the treasures that you were able to steal from the dragon while you were down in the dungeon um, and get that one. So I have both um, Clank and Sunken Treasure. We don't have Clank in space. Um, that is one that we've been meaning to pick up. And then they have a new one coming out. Um, I think it's like Curse of the Mummy or something like that, where it's going to be um, kind of like Egyptian, I think, based or something like that. I'm really interested in that one, almost more than the space one. But Clank, mm-hmm. is, Clank is one that I played at one of the – the first time I played it, I think I was at one of the Alliance open houses, uh, one of the distributed open houses. And I played it, and I instantly, instantly fell in love with it. I had um, Sarah on from Renegade Games on the podcast before, and I've interviewed her um, last year at Origins as well, so – um, Renegade is definitely one of my favorite publishers as yeah. well. I haven't picked anything up from
2: Renegade yet, and I've I've looked very closely at Clank, especially considering, again, the local game store had a, a tournament of it, but I don't know, it just I keep looking at it, keep going, I should play it, and and something else always seems to fill that that gap in time uh for me. So one of these days I'll have to actually give it the The playthrough it deserves so that I can tell you you're
0: wrong. It's a Um, lighter, it's a lighter deck builder, I would say. I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's heavier by any, by any means, but just the board component to it and working your way through the dungeon, you're using the cards to not only fight things, but move as well. Um, and there are certain times where you may just get a bad draw and not be able to move and quickly fall behind other people who are working their way out, which you don't want to do. So it's fun. Definitely, definitely something to try.
2: Alright. Well, my number four, here's where I get to tell Joe he's wrong, uh, is Dominion. (laughs) Specifically, if you're going to get one of the two starter sets, I would suggest Intrigue. uh, But that's just because my wife and I do like uh, a little bit more cutthroat mean games, and we don't mind the attack cards. And Mm -hmm. that's the one thing that I like about Dominion is you can basically build the set of cards you're you're purchasing from to, to build your deck dependent on the people you're playing with. So if they're very aggressive and they don't mind mean you can make a very mean set right and if they're more i want to be on my own play a little bit of uh kind of solo player um what's the word i'm looking for uh solitaire and just see who can get the best engine going you can do it that way as well and the game is super fast most of these deck builders they take over an hour to play you can play two games of four people in an hour with dominion even if they're brand new to gaming and it's a classic and here's something i think you're uh, your listener base will possibly not agree with me on, but it's the only Donald X. Vecarino game worth purchasing or playing for <laughs> wow, that matter. Wow. That he, <laughs> yeah. he's a one shot wonder, people. A One shot wonder. And you don't have to go through all the expansions for Dominion. I think if you pick up the one of the base sets and prosperity, you will get hours of play out of that game. And it is just one of those nice, smooth runs so simply. Mm-hmm. Like, like the mechanics and teaching of that game is so simple. And it moves so fast. Even in a four player game, it's just click, 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 and everybody gets their turn. There's no real AP involved in it because it is simple. It's do your actions, buy a card, discard, redraw. The end. The longest time, like, the longest time is shuffling.
0: You're right. And I've, I have played Dominion. Um, I played a lot of Dominion digitally on the PC. And the first time I actually played the physical card game, um, I had never. I I had already played the digital version, so I kind of had an idea of what to do, strategy that I could kind of use. And um, the first game I played a physical Dominion, I won (laughs) against people who played it regularly. Well, that's always fun. (laughs) Like I like winning games, especially if I've never played the game before and, and come in and beat people. I thought it was kind of funny. It's. I don't think there's anything wrong with Dominion. I think it's just. With just the cards, I think it's just missing something. I, for me, I mean, which which is completely fine. And there's there's another game on my list, the next one that we, I guess, I can talk about if you're done talking about Dominion. Oh, no, I mean, so it's,
2: it's, it's been around forever. I, it's been discussed. It's it's cool to hate on Dominion. I think that's wrong. It's still a game worth playing.
0: I wouldn't say I hate Dominion. Dominion is a game I probably would never add to my collection. And I, I, would, it, so. I would I I would, would play it if people want to. If people have it in their collection or down at the store if somebody pulls it out, I'll play it. I don't think it's a deck builder I need in my collection with the ones I currently have. And granted, I, I got it when it was yeah new. See, and that was, I had, the first time I had played Dominion, I had already been gaming for years. And okay. it was just something I saw everybody else playing and I had just never gotten into a game of it. I was always playing something else. So then when I finally did get a chance to play, I was like, okay, this is good. I really don't need it, though. (laughs) So the next one I'm going to talk about, my number three, is Cthulhu Realms. This is based off of Star Realms. Um, This is only cards, so there is no board to this one. One of the differences between this and Star Realms is Star Realms is one-on-one, so you can only play two players. Uh, Cthulhu Realms, you can actually do four players. Now, I have probably played this game probably more than any other deck builder um, because my wife and I love this one, and we just play it two-player. I've played it a couple of times a four-player, and it does work, but for some reason, my wife and I just really enjoy this game. I think this was probably one of the first deck builders, I think, that I introduced her to. Um, It's a little lighter. Learning some of the iconography on the cards would probably be the trickiest part of the game, I would say, but once you learn a couple of the different things and how to combo some of the different cards and those icons with each other, it's, it's a fairly straightforward just deck builder. Um, But for some reason, we just have a lot of fun with it. It's a game we can knock out, like kind of like you said, with Dominion. I would say that's our... Cthulhu Realms is our Dominion. Okay. I never purchased Dominion. Um, I kind of picked up Cthulhu Realms because I kind of like the whole Cthulhu mythos and everything. No, H.P. Lovecraft is definitely something worth exploring. Yeah, so it was one that just kind of fit my wheelhouse. And I was like, there is take that in there, which both my wife and I like with each other. So it was just kind of like a perfect game for us. And it's just... Like I said, it was her first one. We just kind of glommed onto it and just played it a lot. And it's one we still... I think we played it a week or so ago. We had pulled it out and actually sat there and played it for an evening and just played, played several games of it. So, Through mm-hmm. the Realms would be my number three.
2: No, and, and and I just... Again, that's one I just haven't had a chance to try. I have my quick card game that we break out. And I think everybody needs that. Just that yeah. Just the game you can pull out. Okay, you got half an hour and 45 minutes... Just need to unwind at the end of the day, and you have your one gaming partner. Those types of games, there's not very many of them that you can just break out. Both people know, and you just run right through them, and it's just it's it's a fun time, but it's a relaxing time. Yes, and I I enjoy those games. For number three, I'm going to move to Tasty Minstrel. Uh, They did a space exploration game. Uh, I believe Seth Jaffe was the creator, and he did it trying to do a card game version of Twilight Imperium Third Edition, and it's called Eminent Domain. I don't think it's actually Twilight Imperium. But (laughs) as a card, they call it a deck builder. I think it's more of an action selection, hand management game. But you are building a deck. And what you do is you have five cards you get to choose from on on a board. When you choose that card, other players either get to do the same action off of that card. Mm -hmm. Or they cannot follow and draw a card from their deck. And this is how you go cycle through your deck quicker. And it's all about how you can generate your uh, victory points at the end of the game. And I really enjoy this game. And I have the two expansions for it. And it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So when you're introducing somebody, you can do the base game. Straightforward, kind of simple. And when you get into it a little bit deeper and you want to add those extra levels of strategy, a little bit more take that, a little bit more area control kind of type. It's not really how, uh, resource management, I guess, would be a better term. It just flows so well. It's one of those games that's put together in a way where the mechanisms are simple, the strategy is a little deeper, and it just, it, like I said, it, it takes a little longer than maybe a Dominion. It's not a true deck builder in my opinion, but BGG class it that, so I'm cheating and I'm putting it on my list. And it just, it has theme that fits, it's intuitive to play, and I find that I can bust that game out and just run right through it, and it's like even after a break of play... It just comes flowing right back, and it leaves you thinking about it after. If I would have done this differently than this, or if I would have done that follow instead of that card draw, games like that that stay stuck in my head are games I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, and that's one that I think has been on my list to play. I don't think I've ever played it. I'm trying to think if I have, and I don't think I have. But I wanted to try that one, because I've heard about it a couple of times. Yeah, and I think it was
2: one of the very first truly successful Kickstarter games, too. Uh, now, I didn't get it as a Kickstarter. Somebody else I knew did, and then I picked it up as a retail game. But I did pick up the expansions when they mm-hmm. came out that way. And it just flows. It's just one of those games. If I had to relate it to something, it's like Citadel's Action Selection or Puerto Rico's Action Selection. It's right. a deck builder.
0: Yeah. That sounds cool. That sounds like something I would like. I'm going to have to definitely try that one. Yeah. yeah. Let me know anytime we can We can break that one out. I, I don't mind that game at all. All right. And my number two... Is going to be the game that we just played. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw Thunderstone Quest up there at number two. Now, I liked Thunderstone Advanced, I thought it was good. Um, I think Quest definitely um, streamlines a lot of things from the earlier games. Um, So far, the games I've played of this so far, I really enjoyed. I think it's easy to pick up on. I think the rules have been cleaned up some. I really like what they've done with the different gear that you have and how you can not only purchase that, but spend that for different functions during the game and different mechanics during the game. Um, The card art on all the cards is, I think, really good as well.
2: Oh, it's... it's, You know what? If we're going to throw this right now... Like I said, I think right now it's probably going to... It's probably going to push Pathfinder off of my top five list. Just because this is one... You don't have to have as many multiple plays. You can play this as a one-off or you can play it, you know, three in a night kind of thing. Right. To complete one of the little mini scenarios. The artwork is gorgeous. It's, yeah. it's your, it's your really well done fantasy artwork. I haven't played advanced. I played the original Thunderstone and compared to the original Thunderstone, this is phenomenal. It. I hated original Thunderstone. Yeah. The fact I picked this game up surprised me when I actually put the money down
0: for I'm it. I'm surprised you did, too, if you hated the
2: original. Oh, I, I mean, that's... hated. But this cleaned it up. This game gets done in an hour to an hour and a half now. Yeah. You don't get bogged down. Uh, doing well in the dungeon and beating monsters doesn't fill your deck with garbage. They added that um, experience token instead that is just endgame victory points as
0: and I, drawing those cards. I feel like keeping your deck thin in this deck builder... Isn't that difficult? No, I mean the times I've played so far, it's very easy to get those starting cards. Get out of those your starting hand. cards out of your deck and actually get in the other heroes, get in some of the weapons, and start getting the combinations going. You know, the first couple of turns, it's a deck builder. It's going to be a yeah. little slower while you start churning through that. But once you start getting getting moving, the game picks up quick. Now, the game, of course, we played when the the keys are at the bottom of all the damn decks and you literally need to go through all of the monster decks to actually end the game. That was a little crazy, a horrible shuffling, I guess, on my part, but it was shuffled um, because of the way I put the cards, the the keys in there, but it just happened. And I mean, we literally chewed through all of the monsters, but then once, once we kind of started hitting the dungeon and were, were able to start knocking out some of those monsters It It didn't take long. It didn't didn't take long, and we were able to stay in there multiple turns instead of constantly having to run back to town to heal or anything. You were just, even with succumbing to quite a bit of damage sometimes, you would just be like, I'm taking another turn in the dungeon. And I was like, dude, you already got a lot of damage there. And how how are you doing that with so few cards? But you were able to.
2: Yeah, no, it, it worked. Like, you can really build... You can build a nice engine in this, and and it, it's smooth. It, you know, it, I can see with more and more plays, I can get this game to creep up my list. Yeah. One of the things I'm going to say is you can play this with, with gamers, right? Right. Uh, you add the the side quests, you add the, the, the guilds to basically tweak and, and maximize what you can do. But I play this with my 10 and my 8-year-old. Mm-hmm. And all I do is I take the side quests out and the, the guild out to simplify things for them. And they understand that you get to select which area of the town you want to go in. And that gives you a little bit of a benefit, which is nice. It's got that little bit of an action selection to it. And movement in the dungeon is simple. And they can understand them. You know, the 10-year-old and the 8-year-old both understand the way these cards go together. And I can build them up to the harder and harder scenarios. Like, we've only done the first couple of scenarios. And they love this game. They're asking Dad, me, to bring this out and play with them. And to me that shows a game that is I can play it with with yourself and we had a really great time yeah. and knock it out. And I can knock it out with two preview best kids yeah. and still knock it out in under an hour and a half. It doesn't overstay. It's welcome like the old like the old version, like the original Thunderstone. It, if you've got bad draws and, and a bad monster layout, you could drag that game over two hours. It advanced was even a little longer, I think, as well. And and it just I don't, it just overstate its welcome. Like I said, I really dislike the, the original. I never gave advance to try because of it. Yeah. And with this, AEG put together an amazing organized box. The components are. Oh, this is wonderful.
0: It's huge. It's the, the, oh. the shelf space I needed to make over here for it is insane. That is true. That is true. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's
2: a big box. They even announced that they're going to come out with expansions to expand it to five-player and for people to play solo. Right, yeah, I heard about that. Which and is kind of interesting. I I don't know if I need to pick any of that up. Uh, I'm not sure I will because uh, I've got the four, is it four or five adventures that come with it now. I, I think know. it comes with six. Oh yeah, I'm not counting the... Uh, not, not adventures. I mean the adventure deck. Oh, so oh, the adventure. Like what's in that quest book? There's oh, I don't even. See, I, I couldn't even tell four you four, five, or six of them. Different but, adventures are in here. Yeah, I, I mean you get three with each. You get a whole schwack of them. And this game is one, smart. two, three, four, five. There's five, yeah, five in there. So that's fifteen different scenarios pre-built plus yeah. the random setup, and they included Tom Vassell's epic and Richard Lanius' epic yeah. version, which.
0: Which sounds kind of interesting. It is. I was reading through that, that earlier today when I was kind of taking. I actually another.
2: like the hybrid. If you read the rules for the hybrid, where you don't play with all the heroes, you pick four heroes like you normally do, mm-hmm. play with them so that you can level them up just right, mm-hmm. and then you epic everything else. Oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if I read the hybrid. I kind of, I kind of just I glanced that, at the to, epic. To me, that sounds like the best way. If I was going to play the mm-hmm. the hi- hybrid, would be the the way I would do yeah. epic. Alright, what's your number two? My number two. My number two is unfortunately an out of print game by Fantasy Flight because they lost GW's license. And I love Blood Bowl Team Manager. I've never played that one. Oh, how have you not played this? This thing is this is an unsung game. I looked at
0: that one a couple of times down at the game store and I was like, I kinda wanted to buy it because Kim's Kim like my wife likes football. And I was like, I wonder if she would like something like this. Well, this
2: game, if you like football so she probably you like would. fantasy or she probably better would. if you like both. Um, they did such a good job of putting that miniatures game into a card game. Now, mm-hmm. it's not the miniatures game. It doesn't have the cost of the miniatures game either. It plays really smooth. And what I say is this is unsung because when this was out, uh, Smash Up came out. And it's got okay. that same same kind of concept where there's a a space that you're fighting over, and you put your cards on either side of a a duel. And you're trying to control that area based on the cards you play. In Smash Up, it's random. You don't get to build anything. There doesn't feel like synergy. And everybody raves about how fun that is. That game overstays its welcome and will never make any of my lists. It's, (laughs) I, no. I played this and went, this is how this game should be played. You get these decks. They start. You have the synergy built into them because the starter decks are full decks. You don't even have to add extra cards, and you can do fairly well in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. Then you get to add hero cards and special power uh, abilities that are once a turn that are just in front of you on your tableau that you're building. And the game is back and forth and back and forth. And even when you play with three and four players, there is the grand tournament where you're fighting. So everybody can fight over one area, and then you can fight over each area that just two players have to select when you're putting down on which areas you're going to try to use those resources and that hand that you drew in the jokes you can make with this. Like if you play the <laughs> mummies, it's like, who's your mama? Yeah. Cause one of the characters is mama Hotep and yeah, you funny. can just, the, the trash talk I've seen in this game, I always call this a filler game and it's not, it's, it's an hour and a half to two hour game. with oh, wow. People. I didn't they, realize it, that. It, it really, you can go back and forth quite a bit with this game. It can play a lot quicker once everybody's familiar with the decks they're using. But normally when I teach it and we play a full four-player game, it's probably in that hour and a half to a little over time I don't know. frame. I don't know if I realized I played four players. I thought it was just two-player. No, no. it's a, oh, wow. It's, it's okay. actually a really good—I like it better multiplayer than just two-player. Oh, interesting. It, it, it's a three-, four-player game for sure. Cool. And, and it— I'm really mad they lost that license because I, I feel that they're not going to come up with, like, there's two expansions for it, and they really had room for at least one more, probably yeah. two more, because they don't have all the races that are from the actual miniatures game represented yet. And they haven't dropped the ball yet with that. Like, Fantasy Flight did such a good job with that. The way they designed it, the, the smoothness of the game, it felt like you were a manager of a football team. Oh, that sounds it cool. It felt like Now, I, now I really game.
0: want to play this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I said, I I
2: usually break it out. It's like oh, there's three of us or there's four of us. We got an hour. Oh, we can break this out. And then I forget that it takes a little longer to play than than other card mm-hmm. card building games or, or deck building games do. But I'm never sorry that I sat down to play that game. I have yet to have a bad experience. Cool. I have yet to have somebody go, I didn't like that game. And that's why I think it it it's probably the second most played deck builder in my set. Oh wow. Uh, next to to my number one, which. Which I'll I'll do I'll I'll let the host uh, finish it off. I was here. gonna say
0: we can we have six sided dice here we can roll. Oh, you want to do the the whole yeah. dice tower? So roll whoever off. whoever whoever rolls the highest gets to choose. All right, I got a three. So I you want to go five. first or last? I'll go first. Like I said, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll
2: give the host the, the opportunity to have the, the last word here. Um, my best deck builder, I think it's more of a just it's the most played and I've had the most luck with it with with new players and the stories we come up with is Marvel Legendary. Okay. Uh, It's by Upper Deck. Yep. They they put together, they call it a semi-co-op. We usually play the game as a full co-op because once you get out of the base box, that game will slap you. Yes. It is all about slapping the players down. So you really have to play together and not hose each other and go, I'm going to take this card because I know you need it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to break your deck if I don't let you have it. You want him to have that. Yeah. At least to a certain point. Like Once you've played it as many times as I had with that one group that always played it, we started bringing the semi-co-op in, and, and then it was a timing issue of when do you start counter-buying yes. cards? <laughs> because once you start doing that, then the game drags a little bit, and it's one of those few games where there's the co-op, acts, uh, the co-op aspect where the mechanics of the game can fight back. Yeah. If yeah. you start kind of gumming each other's decks up a little bit, or don't get the right it, the the mastermind can come back and win that game yeah, from behind. I, it's not a matter of just oh we we've, we've reached that tipping
0: point now we're just playing it out till we actually win. Yeah, and I don't have legend or I don't have Marvel, but I do have Buffy. Uh, okay, yeah, I no, I've, Buffy, I've got I've got several
2: Buffy. of them. I've got the Big Trouble in Little China. Right. Uh, I've got the Encounters uh, Firefly. The artwork on that one, the card quality. I don't know why they wouldn't use the same that they did for Marvel, but it's also an okay game. But no, the, the Marvel one with the cinematic universe, you can get non-gamers in. It's a very good gateway game because everybody knows, like, it's so <laughs> yes, familiar.
0: Yes. And then. Very easy to pick up on. I remember when I learned yeah. it, I was like, okay, this is. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it was five like, slots. The, the
2: villains yeah. move through it. The mastermind is, is a different, a sixth slot. And he's got a certain power when a certain card comes out. Like, it's so easy to teach. Yes. And the stories that come out. Like, I still remember one of the first games we played was against, um, apocalypse and he had to steal a bank now i know the card The scenario is rob the bank right apocalypse grew took the whole building and walked off he beat the crap (laughs) out of us heroes he stole the bank and that's That's how we we actually wrote this storyline in our head while we were playing we had our our couple of characters that we wanted and we fought so hard to beat him and in the end he basically picked the whole building up hit us with it and walked off with a bank that's funny like it It leaves that story element, that that feeling in your head. And I don't think I've ever just sat down and played one. Right. You play it and everybody's like, can we play that? And it's, a again, a little bit longer. And it's got that board spacing and a little bit of a spatial element to it, which is nice. But nobody ever wants to play just one, especially if the mastermind kicks your butt and it was just a few turns and you guys could have turned that corner. Mm-hmm. Or if you had it and you're like, haha, we got him kicked. And then all of a sudden it was like, "Boom, boom, boom," And all of a sudden it's over.
0: Yeah. And that's when I did. I actually did a live stream of Legendary Buffy um, last week. Oh. and didn't know that. Um, I actually lost um, on the last turn. So basically, Ouch. when I lost it, had I not drawn the card that I drew um, to make me lose the game, I had enough to actually defeat the the big bad one more time. And that would have been the fourth time and I would have won, but I drew one of the plot twists, which actually was the fourth one. Yeah. And on legendary Buffy, they actually have a couple of different um, things different from Marvel. They have like a light and dark side of the board. Some of the cards um, react differently, whether it's in the light or in the dark. And some of the cards can affect that and they get more powerful being on with different player characters being on different sides. So it's, it's one that Kim and I have played several times, and we both like it. And I'm, I've always been a Buffy fan, so that's why I picked that one up instantly. Yeah, no, my wife's a huge,
2: huge Firefly, so we got that one. Yeah. And, I mean, who doesn't like Big Trouble in Little China? Yes, true. Right? I'm glad The Rocks remake of it got canned, because that's—that's <laughs> that show needs to stay the classic that it is. Yeah. And with the Marvel, like I said, I, I wasn't going to get into one of these deck builders where I had to buy multiple expansions. And I haven't picked up the villains and that set of it. I've just stayed with the hero set expansions. And between the movies and knowing a couple of people that were pretty strong comic book people, it's just turned into one of these, such an enjoyable game to play with the stories that it itself can create, especially if you're aware of storylines from the comics, you can kind of relate that in. Yeah. And it just, it moves so smoothly. I don't, I don't know where they can go with it anymore, but they seem to always put some new little card twist in there. It'd almost be nice if they kind of in the next expansion, just use, you know, Couple cards from each of their, their previous sets and use those keywords again because mm-hmm. it's starting to get its own lexicon yeah. as big as a dictionary. But uh, it's fun. It really is one of those games where you can sit down, teach anybody to play it. It's so relatable in subject matter. The IP just comes forward, and people will enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now, what you it's just fiddly. what you just said about being accessible um, and easy to teach. My number one is not. <laughs> My number one is probably the furthest thing from that. My number one would be Mage Knight. Um, yes, from a lot of, a lot likes of to make some, some complicated mechanisms, doesn't he? Yeah. This one, um, learning it definitely was interesting. Um, I played it several times. I actually still have yet to play it multiple players. I've only played it solo. Um, but it's just something that, it's just a, a really fun game. Um, when, Eric and I did a podcast a couple weeks ago. We were talking about kind of like our wife's 10, I don't wanna say top 10 games, but Kim kind of went through it as like her evolution into gaming. And one of the earliest games we had played very early on when we were dating was Mage Knight Dungeons, which is a miniatures game. And this actually has miniatures in there and you're basically taking your miniatures through um, different areas of a board fighting different monsters, and it is just, most of my, now that I think about it, Cthulhu Realms is the only true, only card deck builder that's on my top five list now that I look at it. (laughs) Everything else has a board, and it has many other mechanics to it, um, besides just the deck building part. But, excuse me, Mage Knight is um, very good. I definitely would like to try it with um, at least two players. It can be a little long. And it is definitely not an easy teach. So, so as you've only played it single player and it's a hard teach, are you saying you're bad at teaching games? I would not, I, I would not say I'm bad at teaching games. <laughs> I think I'm sometimes pretty good at it. But this one, even whenever when you read on some of the Facebook groups and the forums, when people are saying, how do I learn this? There are people who say like, OK, maybe go watch this video, um, you know, try to do this or that to try to learn it because it definitely it does have a learning curve to it. Because there are just so many different things going on in the game that you kind of have to just play very slowly. I mean, I know I probably made when we played Thunderstone Quest. I know I made probably a couple of small mistakes here today. It is very easy to make big mistakes in that game. It overlooks yeah. something very easily. But no,
2: and and uh, yeah, with Thunderstone, it's like I said, you c- it's so simple. I think that's where you make your mistakes. Is you move so you quickly, trying to move? Yes,
0: I find Skip myself sometimes yeah. moving faster, and it's like slow down do all the steps that are listed on the board in front of you because it is very easy to do something out of turn and then be like, crap, I should have done this beforehand. I now can't go back and do that because yeah. I wanted I to and I'm in a different phase of the of the game turn now. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely something you really do need to almost slow down a little bit, play it a little bit slower just to make sure that you do everything in the right order so you can yeah. really no, enjoy it. I'm, I'm
2: big on not taking things back or going,
0: oh, I yeah. messed this up and... Because uh, we we played one of
2: my games and and I did that it was I was teaching uh, Dragon Brew, and mm-hmm. I messed up a, a turn where I said even before I'm like make sure you have all your components so your beer doesn't spoil <laughs> and I reveal <laughs> my board and boring. I spoil like yeah. the teacher of the game makes the mistake he warns everybody of it was like <laughs> oh this is so well it, you know I'm not gonna take it back I yeah. warned everybody
0: so. Uh, yeah. I think I think you learn more from mistakes sometimes than you do. Oh, definitely because you never you never forget that, yeah. and it always you always remember that. So
2: yeah, no, I I haven't actually I I've, I've watched the teaching videos for the Mage Knight and it's a game I probably should play because I really like a lot of Flottel's other games. Yes, yes, um, but it's one of those bigger games, and I don't tend to play games board games solo. Well. That's what my iPad or a computer or the video machines are for. I I do this particular hobby.
0: For the social aspect. I need at least one other player. I I agree with you, but there are a couple of games where I'm kind of fine maybe just doing the solo run-through. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't do it all the time. If it's for something like Mage Knight, yeah. But for, like, other things, um, I definitely always either try to go down to the game store or, you know, drag my wife up here and try to get her to... But she'll play just about anything nowadays, so I'm kind of lucky in that aspect. She'll play... Super light games up to super heavy games. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm fortunate that way too. I've I've got the, I mean, I've got so. the spouse. mean yeah and with my my family of Munchkins they're starting to get to the age where I can break out some stuff that's more than Candyland. Yeah, right. Um, so actually, I've I've kind of thrown the Candyland away. They've got <laughs> we've got other things like Animal Upon Animal and and games that are a little bit more entertaining for dad, but still more gamery games. that but are they're still, still kid yes. appropriate for their age groups. So that's nice. Now. I know we've gone over our top fives, mm-hmm. and we've kind of mentioned this this Thunderstone. and Did you want
0: to say anything else about this than what we've already gone over? I don't know how much more, how much else, how much more I could say about it. I mean, it's I definitely want to play it a lot more. I want to do more yes. of the campaign. I would love to do the campaign. That's, I kind of want to try to see and get through one of the different, you know, play through like three of the different scenarios for one of the campaigns. the, thing, what I kind of want the to...
2: only thing I think we didn't mention is I think this game will shine with three and four. Not that it's a bad game with two. It's a really fun game with two. But it definitely puts a lot more pressure on the hero selection. Yes. Because it has that cutoff mechanic where if I get the level three heroes, there's only two. There's four of us playing. If I get both of them, three people can't go
0: to the power dude. Yeah, I think with two players, I mean, because like when we played, I was concentrating more on the wizards and the clerics. Yeah. And you were going fighters um, and I think you had dipped into the clerics just as well, just a little bit. No, I I only had a level two yeah. cleric, and I, I think I only had one level two rogue. And the rogue you had, you actually got from deck. the treasure deck. You didn't actually even purchase an actual rogue. I purchased my rogue and leveled him up, but I was I definitely won't try to stick. Um, with a wizard route and purchasing spells. And I spells. purposely stayed away from it because you were so heavy on the wizards. Right. I think you did the same with the fighters. Yeah, I didn't even purchase one fighter. I think you actually purchased a wizard where I don't even think I purchased no, a fighter. No, I, I, I got my wizard through the treasure deck as well. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because I purchased, I went with a cleric to basically back up as a healer for my wizard because I figured the wizard's, you know, wizard's a little squishy. So I figured a cleric might be a good backup for that. And I think that combo worked really well together. Because the Cleric did give me some healing later on in the game when I was actually yeah, taking damage. Yeah, you had more damage. sustainability in the dungeon than I did. I, yeah. got,
2: I got lucky being able to run my two and three card draws. Right. But it was a gamble. Yes, yeah. There was a lot of times I could it could have gone really sideways and I would have taken moves less cards in my next draw and really been in a world of, of trouble without yeah. getting the XP. And I just didn't get I didn't get burnt by gambling. Yeah. There's some pusher luck to this, which is which is kind of a, a nice element to add.
0: It is, it is. I was really happy with that, especially with that one card that I drew that let me draw, roll the six sided dice for damage, oh. which I thought was kind of fun. That was fun. <laughs> that yeah. was kinda of nifty. Um it worked for me. But um yeah, I really like it. More Thunder times than but... it should have mathematically, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> probably. And you know what? Usually the funny thing is I always say dice hate me because dice normally don't roll my way. It's 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 usually something it's like i roll dice and it's like oh that's okay that's horrible um, but i really like it i'm glad that they did come out with a new version i'm glad that they cleaned it up some and it's much more streamlined i like i like the player board i think that is one of the things they did extremely well was, because as you said right in the front words of out of my you, mouth
2: it just makes this game so easy to play and you just walk through
0: the steps ba 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 done ba 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 done your turn comes around so fast. But not not only that, I like I like the game board too. Oh yeah. Very well done. I like it that you have the miniature now that you can move to the different locations that could give you maybe a little bit of a bonus. Yeah. Depending on what you need and then walk your walk yourself through the dungeon. Um, I think it gives you a little bit more of a feel and it makes it a little more immersive.
2: Yes, I would it totally kind agree of with
0: draws that. you into it a little bit more than just there's a row of cards and you're going down, you're mm-hmm. fighting this one and everything and mm-hmm. It, you know, in Thunderstone Advance, it really didn't, it didn't kind of feel pull like you a in. Dungeon. No, with this, now you have a, you have a character and you really feel like, I'm going to go here. I'm, I'm going to do these actions. I'm going to go over to the dungeon and I can walk through these different rooms and there's different obstacles that I may have to overcome as I'm working my way through the dungeon to defeat some of these higher level mobs that I think is, it really kind of definitely fits with the theme and it really Kind of just puts a little polish on it, I think. Yeah, no, it,
2: it's it's more immersive for sure, and and they cleaned it up so well that the gameplay is so smooth. Like I said, you kind of almost have to slow down because you're yeah. like, oh, I want to go here because I've already thought this all through on my yes. on your turn or, or the <laughs> two people before your turn because you had to shuffle and draw your new hand. You're like, I already know what I want to do on my turn, so I'm just and you're trying to rush ahead and and you got to kind of go, okay, I got to do these in this right order, otherwise I can't do what I have thought out right. in my head. But it's. Like, each room now gives a different benefit or, or danger to you, and you have that path you can walk through. Um, I really like the fact they took the gumming of the game out by removing the... I beat the monster, now that's in my deck. When I draw yeah. that, well, whoop-de-doo. Now it's yeah. an, one less card to go beat in the dungeon. They've, they've switched those victory tokens to tokens. Yeah. And you're not just keeping this in your deck, just slowing the game down. And it makes it go so much quicker, and it feels like what they want it to feel like they the biggest argument i had against dominion when i would break it out is oh, i'd rather play thunderstone it has a theme yeah it didn't not original i don't know how like i said, never played advanced this has a theme definitely it's oozing in theme yeah and the way they've built the the campaign the campaign mechanic when you set those cards out like my fighters went together with those swords that you get from the shops so yeah, well definitely And your mages went with the two spells, the fireball and the magic missile, so well that it just felt like, I'm running this. Yes. And it's not like either of us, like I ended up winning that game, but it's not like either strategy
0: was better. Yeah, I, like I, said, I I think got, you just got, I got lucky. Quicker, you got off to a quicker start than I did, and I was trying to play catch up most of that game. And I got and lucky on a couple of those. Could.
2: Like I didn't jump out of the dungeon when I probably should have, and I just didn't get I didn't yeah. get
0: penalized for it this you, time. around. You definitely pushed your luck, I think, in the dungeon some, and you even with three and four card draws, it's, you still got it to pay off somehow. At times, yeah, yeah like
2: I didn't get. I've, I've, like I've played a couple of versions, and, and that has hurt me in the past. Right today, just. I got lucky yeah. at times. But I think that's part of the game. you got to sit there and go, can I risk this? Yeah. And had the cards not come out the way I wanted them to when I got those extra card draws, I would have been, oh, i in this room with this bad guy taking some more wounds, <laughs> losing more card draw, and I'm not getting anything for it. Spending a couple turns at the temple. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... The temple's good because it lets you quick heal. The temple's bad because it really
0: limits what you do. Exactly. And it has that... It's almost a skipped turn, in my opinion. It has that benefit, but then there's the downside to it. Yeah. You know, uh, you get to heal a couple, but... And I think that's when I started using those gems of healing a little bit more. Oh. I think having a couple of those in my deck definitely helped out. I added those in at the perfect time. Probably about three quarters of the way through the game, I threw them in there, and... In the end game, I think it really started to pay off because I was able to kind of clean up my health during those last couple yep. of turns, which I think... And you had enough clerics really that between that and that... You, yeah. You never seemed to be... Like, if you got
2: hands with any kind of combat, you had no worries about ever staying... Like, I literally had to run from the dungeon.
0: Yeah. I Multiple think, times, I was forced out. I think I hit the temple once, if I and remember correctly. I, yeah, and I did it more. And I think you had definitely hit it more than me, and I was... I would have thought that that might have paid, played more in my favor... But um, I don't know. It's still it's still a card game. You still have yeah. random draws. It does, but it doesn't feel
2: it doesn't feel like it's totally the randomness to the game that no 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 that definitely. determines if you do well in it or right. not. Like I said, I, I pushed my luck. It paid off. Yeah. Had it not paid off, I'd be probably a little bit hurt. Yeah. Right. I'd <laughs> I'd, I'd be a little whiny about oh I just didn't get the the card didn't love me today you know yeah. you know the dice hate me statement. It's random for everybody, but there is ways of mitigating it, for
0: sure, in this one. Yeah. And it's fun, and I can't wait to see some of the other combinations that can come up.
2: Oh, I want I to play
0: some of the later missions, for sure. There's a lot of cards in this game, and I am i just feel like I'm just hitting Scratching the tip of the, the iceberg, yeah. Yeah. yeah, with no, this no, one.
2: This, this definitely deserves a few more breakouts, for sure. I'm, I'm glad it's in my collection, as well. Uh, but, yeah, this is... Yeah, I enjoy it. Artwork's nice. So far, the theme in it is is coming out in a much bigger way than I anticipated from a deck builder. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, for a generic IP, it's it's really hitting
0: the mark hard. Yeah, even when I taught it to Kim last night, we were sitting here and I was like, I was like, partway through the game, I was like, are you liking this one? She goes, I like this. And I was like, cool. Yeah. I go, thumbs up, because I want to play this one a little bit more than just once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, if I give it a couple more plays, I think it's going to push its way into the top five for sure. All right. Well, I think that's all we have to say about... Um, Some of our top five deck builders that Courtney and I have come up with. I'd like to thank him for not only coming over and streaming with me today, but recording this segment for the podcast. I now need to get to work on not only editing the podcast, but then start doing some video stuff, which may not happen until tomorrow. So, all right, everybody, we will catch you later. Thanks for joining us. All right, thank you. Well, hey, gamers, that is the end of episode 194. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can send some emails to. what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on BoardGameGeek. Game Geek. We do have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. You can subscribe to us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now and on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. Hopefully you like the new format of the show, and hopefully I can continue having some more guests and co-hosts on the show so we can talk further about games that we are playing and games that we want to play, but everybody knows what to go do. You go play some games, and then don't forget to let me know what you're playing. Now, until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye.